Hello, I'm Johnny Bravo. Today you're going under the musical influence of today's guest, Nicole Watts, on Under the Influence with DJ Johnny Bravo. Nicole, tell me a little bit about your musical self. Well, I would say completely obsessed every single day, all day, always got a tune playing somewhere. Not a whole lot of involvement in it, in my job, in life. I did play the piano when I was younger, the guitar, bass guitar, but basically just obsessed. Obsessed would be the word I would use. I always think about Nicole for a couple of different reasons. One, she had like a car that was, I don't know if it was a Tempo, it was a Ford something. Yeah, my Tempo. <laughs> yeah, it was a Tempo. I was right. She's keeping the Tempo. And it had <laughs> stickers all, you couldn't see in, in the back window because it had so many stickers of so many bands. She still has some stickers on her current vehicle, but it's not as many as that was on that tempo. Oh, uh, that tempo was ridiculous. I had stickers going across the front windshield that they would scrape off every single time I took it in to be inspected. And I would immediately go down to volume record exchange and buy all three stickers again and put them right back on. And the other reason why I remember Nicole is because, and I'm not sure, I always have to ask my wife, which part of the B Stee boys we all were in Fight for Your Right to Party. When I was doing the uh, thing on the on the Instagram page today and sharing that I was talking to you and we were recording episode three, I was basically using that part of that song. So I'm not sure what part you were, the B Stee or the boys. Oh, I was definitely the Stee. Okay, so there you go. So she was the Stee of the <laughs> B Stee boys on Fight for Your Right to Party. So she is, uh, you know, a big musical influencer in my life, and I think I've probably been a musical influencer in her life. So it's that back and forth thing. She turned me back onto vinyl. I had to go to her. Oh, I didn't have to go to her house, but I went to her house. She didn't have any speakers. I'm like, she loves Pink Floyd. I had to go out and buy her some speakers because I'm like, you cannot listen to Floyd on these speakers that you have. I left her house. She immersed herself in the Floyd and uh, was, I think she, you were like on the floor eating popcorn. I don't know what you were doing, but you were doing something with the Floyd after I left with your, with your new speakers. You don't remember all of us like laying on my bed, laying on the floor. And I had my little planetarium projection thing going on the ceiling and we we're listening to dark side. That's right. We were listening to dark side of the moon, Perfect. looking at the stars inside, which was great. <laughs> listening to your new speakers. Exactly. Yeah. So I had to get her hooked up with some speakers and it was like my mission when I went down there, we had other things we were doing and my wife's like, what is, what is going on with you? What are you, why are you even working? I'm like, she needs some speakers to listen to Floyd. Like it's just, it's, it's a get to, it's a have to, she needs it. Look, they're still in here. I mean, those are the speakers I use in my bedroom. Yep. And she turned me back on to vinyl. I had gotten some records when my uh, uncle passed away, some of his records, and then she had some records. And so she got me onto, onto vinyl, back into vinyl, and we collect vinyl and, and talk about, you know, music. And you even have a relationship with my daughter about music and your daughter. We know. With, oh, with yeah, music. for sure. I remember driving down Salem Road and rocking out to Hot for Teacher and just having it, like, turned up almost as loud as it could go, thinking, oh, my God can't blow these kids ears out but like they need to know you know they need to know it's best drum intro ever yeah and you bring up van halen we you know we've talked a lot about van halen on the show in the last couple episodes i mean that so that's a big you know influencer uh folks is is uh, van halen i don't know if that's just on the lips of everybody because of what happened to eddie recently but yeah that drums you have to turn that up in the car that's just a oh you have to that's just one of those songs that uh you play when you're cruising i mean you gotta it's like it almost makes you put your foot down and make a lid foot. Exactly. And I remember watching it on MTV and just thinking, you know, a, as a little kid and thinking, oh, my gosh, this is the best. I'm going to love this song forever. And I have. 
the best ever is Van Halen. I mean, you got to go with Van Halen. We talk a lot about on this show too, you know, music and of course, musical influence. I mean, that's in the title under the influence and the under the influence part is music. People really just don't understand that influence in your life when music influences you. So that's why I kind of started this podcast to talk to folks and, and starting off with friends and family with that have that same, you know, passion for music. And even though you haven't been in an in- industry or, or done any of those things or been in a band or whatever, music is a big influence in your life. I don't think I ever have ever seen you without some kind of music playing, whether you're walking down the street in a park or you're at your home or in the car, wherever you are. I think I feel like music is always playing for you in the background and it's some awesome band that you're playing. Oh yeah. All day at work. I don't know if I should say that in case any of my uppers hear me, but um, all day at work, you know, at home, getting ready in the morning, in the shower, while I'm sleeping, doesn't matter. Gotta have something. Gotta have something. So the second question that we ask on the show is when did you first discover music? Like how old were you? What were you doing? Where were you? Like paint the picture for us. You know, I am getting up there in years, so it is hard to remember exactly what age I was, but I'm thinking like four or five years old, I started noticing music outside of what you sang in kindergarten. I remember just my parents playing music in the living room on the weekends and just kind of dancing around and, and listening to whatever they had going on. Their musical tastes varied from each other like they liked some of the same stuff what I heard was very broad you know very wide variety of music and I'm so grateful to my parents for that because I can't even imagine what I would be like without the passion for music that I have like I just can't imagine it so I'm very grateful to them from Bobby Darren to Michael Jackson which I was obsessed with when I was little, the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, but even with my father, you know, he was in the marching band. So very huge respect for classical music. So just the whole spectrum. And you've turned your daughter on to music as well. She has a, a really, you know, broad range of musical taste that she has. I'm, I know my daughter and son are the same. I'm so mm-hmm. surprised every time we get in the car together and they're like playing what their songs, cause you know, they won't always want to play DJ. They're always fighting who, who's going to play DJ and the, the amount of songs that they play. And I'm like, man, they're playing REM and they're playing Floyd. And I'm like, where'd you get all these influences? Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. You know, Ayla's so cool. Mara and Zane are so cool. That's another way that I just feel so blessed because her and I can really connect in that way. And she's in the marching band now playing the flute. So she has that avenue of love for music too. So I'm just so proud to have her like falling in my footsteps, not to sound cliche or corny, but like falling in my footsteps and having such a respect for not just like top 40 of what she's listening to with her friends at school, but also like the really good, you know, classic rock, but classical too. Makes me really proud. I believe one of her favorite bands used to be ACDC. Is that still right? Oh, she, yeah, she still loves them because (laughs) she's like a heavy metal kid at heart. I think, which I'm a-okay with. We love to turn it up, rumble the car. You know, it always makes her giggle when the car's like booming and people are looking. I'm like, let them look. We're listening to Iron Maiden. <laughs> We're listening to ACDC, Black Sabbath. And she knows all that stuff. I know her father told me a story one time about them in the car and Nirvana came on the radio and he asked her who it was. And she admittedly did 
not know who it was, but he switched the station to Ozzy's Boneyard and War Pigs came on and she was able to sing the entire first verse without <laughs> missing a beat. And that was a very proud moment. Oh man, Black Sabbath. Uh, Zane used to have this uh, lamb we called Lovey Lamb and his theme song, Lovey Lamb's theme song was Iron Man, but we changed the words to Lovey Lamb. So instead of Iron Man, <laughs> it was Lovey Lamb. So you got to love kids that are introduced to Black Sabbath at an early age. You just got to, you got to appreciate that. Oh, and you know, I have to give shout outs to her band teacher too, because I went to her first marching band performance and they played Iron Man. I was like, this is great. (laughs) This is a very proud moment to hear my daughter play Black Sabbath in the marching band. And if Zane could have been there, we would have had, uh, if we still had Lovey Lamb, I think we lost him at Disney World. We we would, we would be able to dance uh, Lovey Lamb around to Iron Man while she was playing it on the flute. (laughs) That would have been awesome. You know, this is not a question that's on here, but just to follow up to what you were talking about with your parents, you talked a little bit about what your dad's influences were. What about your mom? What kind of stuff did she like to play? She was in the, was she in the band too? You know, mom might've played in the band a little bit, but not like my dad. Like, I think she might've played like a year or, or so, but not like dad. Dad was marching band, you know, he took band all through high school. So that was really more his deal. Mom still definitely, even though, you know, I might've fallen more down the path of the stuff that my dad liked and he he just played it more you know but mom definitely had her favorites she was obsessed with Elvis goodness gracious obsessed with Elvis almost got arrested at an Elvis concert but she also liked Righteous Brothers Bobby Darren and the Dirty Dancing soundtrack the Ronettes that kind of stuff so and all of that stuff is still very near and dear to my heart now I love nothing more than to sit down to dinner with like a glass of wine and listen to Bobby Darren like that's just perfect dinner music. That was kind of the influence that she had on me when I was younger. She got into country when I got a little older, which not as much of a fan of. Definitely Righteous Brothers, Bobby Darin, Ray Charles, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And I know she was totally obsessed with Elvis because I remember she had Elvis collectibles in her little curio cabinet. And for those of the people that are trying to figure out the connection, you're my wife's cousin. So in tune from marriage, you're my cousin. And my wife has a lot of those influences and a lot of the things that she likes to listen to is a lot of those things that you mentioned. I mean, we have Bobby mm-hmm. Darren and we have a lot of uh, those same records in our collection. Of course, you know, I have epic memories, musical memories with Michelle, you know, who can forget the leader of the pack. <laughs> I cannot hear that song without thinking of Michelle. Oh yeah, that is one of her her favorites um, <laughs> as well and she's part of that Beastie Boys too. I always have to ask her, is she the B or is she the boys? I don't know. I don't even know. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. You, you know, just know your part. Stee. I yeah. got the Stee down. <laughs> you got the Stee. You're, as long as we're in the car and you do the Stee, I don't know what, what Michelle's uh, sister, uh, Kristen, what hers well, part was either. But Kristen was the ad rock. <laughs> I was the Mike D. So I think she's the B. And I don't remember either. So I'm putting you on the spot because I don't remember. Yeah, because I'm not too many years behind you. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a fun memory to have with all of us blasting that in your tempo or in another vehicle and everybody yelling out their Beastie Boys part. Oh, so much fun. So much, so yeah. much fun. Good times. Yeah. yeah. Question number three is what was the first song that you remember? You know, I had to give this a lot of thought because I still have all my old 45s 
from when I was little. It, it was a toss-up between two songs, but I have to go with And Then He Kissed Me by The Crystals. We can attribute the love of that song to Adventures in Babysitting. Of course, watching her sing to that song, you know, at the beginning of the movie, like I just remember dancing around my dad's office with your wife and her sisters, just dancing around, singing that song, putting the curtains on her head, pretending, you know, it's a wedding veil. So I, I have to go with And Then He Kissed Me by The Crystals. Yeah, I was wondering what you were going to pick because I know you being like me and a music lover and have those musical influences like we talked about. And that's the reason why I'm having you on the show. It's hard for us to pick a favorite. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It was between that and Crocodile Rock, Elton John. I can see I think, that. Yeah. I think that was one of my first favorite songs ever. But I definitely remember the crystals with the girls dancing around in my dad's office, just singing into hairbrushes, typical girl, <laughs> like dance party um in the 80s so i gotta go with that one and i would pay to see like you guys singing into brushes and the curtains on top of your heads that would be uh, mm -hmm. it's a it was beautiful <laughs> a very 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 fond memory well we'll be right back so uh hang on we're gonna take a break We are back. I'm Johnny Bravo. You're going under the musical influence of today's guest, Nicole Watts, on Under the Influence with DJ Johnny Bravo. So let's talk about Boyfriends. You want to talk about your favorite couple song or maybe that long distance dedication that you would give? I've got both lined up here, but the first one I had was the long distance dedication to my sweetie, Paul. I was a little... <laughs> nervous of what people might think of the song that I chose for him because it's not exactly like a lovey-dovey song but people that know me know I'm not exactly a lovey-dovey type person my long distance dedication to him is Gigantic by Pixies I know it seems funny but there are multiple reasons why I dedicate this song to him one of them of course being that it has his name actually in the song hey paul hey paul let's have a ball that's my long distance dedication to my sweetie oh well that's nice and and speaking of paul but a different paul paul mccartney when we went out to see the show paul sang you know michelle he said he was singing it to michelle obama but my wife knew that it was just to her because her oh, name's michelle of course Sunday monkey ventre bien ensemble of exactly it's for her. it was for her not for michelle obama and she knew no. that paul mccartney was dedicating that song to her because she was there 100% without a doubt. You know, it's funny because my Paul, his father is actually also obsessed with the Beatles. So my Paul is named after Paul McCartney. Oh, well, that's cool. So see, I didn't even know that here. I'm bringing up Paul McCartney and, and mm -hmm, he's mm -hmm. named after Paul. Paul is my favorite Beatle. I don't know if you know that, but Paul is my favorite Beatle. Maybe I did know that. And, you know, John has always been my favorite Beatle. But growing up, I, I think maybe when I was younger, I loved John because he was just so much more serious. And, you know, you're like this brooding teenager and everything's serious and everything. You know, he was a little wacky off the wall. Now that I'm older... <laughs> 
Paul's music definitely sings to my heart. I'm like, he just, there's certain songs that if I turn it on, no matter my mood, like it's always going to lift my spirit. And every morning when I'm saying good morning to my team at work, I'm always good day, sunshine. Good day, sunshine. That's like my greeting to everybody. So Paul speaks to me more now. Well, the reason why I picked Paul is because in, you know, speaking of musical influences, my mom had, um, or it might've been my dad, my parents had this box of 45s. And in that was Paul McCartney's um, Let It Be. And it was a yellow vinyl. So of course it stood out from all the other ones. So I would play that on my little orange record player all the time. And just to get my, my fix, you know, of, of Paul. We've seen McCartney together and when he plays that song, there's it's like the whole earth just stands still while he's singing that song. There's something very magical about that one. So I can absolutely understand why that would be your fix when you're younger. Speaking of Paul in concert, if you ever go see him and he plays Live and Let Die, that's like his finale, like, you know, fireworks exploding and everything. Yep. All that kind of stuff. That's a great, great tune uh, to hear him play live too, Live and Let Die. Yes, absolutely. Every single time that I've seen him, whether it be inside or outside, because I have seen him three times now, when that song, oh man, yeah, that's definitely an experience. So you said there were two. So you got the Pixies and what was the other one? Well, you... Uh, that was my long distance dedication to Paul, but you were also mentioned the first like kind of couples song that you had like together. When I was in school, I didn't date a lot. I was obsessed with my friends. I worked in a music store. I guess maybe I should have brought that up earlier. Worked in a music store and I was all about that. So my first couple song <laughs> that I really remember having with someone that I said, this is our song. And every time it played, that was our song is actually take a picture by filter. When that came out, I was dating my boyfriend, Brian. We hadn't been dating very long. And that was like magic. I don't want to say puppy love because it, it, we were older. We were 18. It had such an impact on me. And tied to my memory so firmly that even now when I hear that song all these years later I can't help but think of Brian and going down to the beach in January and watching the sun come up on the beach and freezing our butts off even now every time I hear it that pops in my mind even for just a second so it's amazing how much music can just tie into memories and make you remember people, places, specific moments, how cold it is on the beach in January. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my other song. There's another song that I think of too, which is really kind of corny. Just a crush that I had in the seventh grade. Never dated that guy but for some reason I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men just really makes me think of the skating rink even though you know I'll Make Love to You I probably didn't even know what that meant at that time but yes life was so serious so when I hear that I think of this little crush that I had when I was in the seventh grade again it's crazy how music can tie to your memories and this is what I love about Nicole too because she is and had, does have such musical influences the first two songs that she chose are not songs that you would normally choose you know Pixies Filter and then finally <laughs> on the third one we get to the nitty gritty we get to Boys to Men I'll Make Love to You which is actually probably a couple song or song that you would hear for long distance dedication or a, a wedding song, but that's okay. You know, Nicole can have her her songs and her, you know, couple songs and whatever they are, that's what they are. And that's what I love about her because, you know, she picks the Pixies and Filter. I'll, I'll always, 
always have that roller rink memory with Matthew. Matthew will always have boys to men. I'm not going to take that away from you. Nobody's going to take that away from you. <laughs> Thank you. It's very precious. Well, and the other thing I wanted to ask you about too is what record store did you work at? Where was it? You know, what uh, did you like about it? Well, I worked at Camelot Music in Lynn Haven Mall in Virginia Beach. I started working there when I was 16. My assistant manager just loved me and hired me on the spot. What I liked about working there was pretty much everything that's a teenager's dream, you know, record store in the mall at 16 with a coffee kiosk right outside the door. I had the coolest people working with me. I'll never forget any of those people. One of them actually ended up living in my neighborhood when I was married, which is kind of funny. And I didn't realize until I saw him walking his dog down the sidewalk in front of my house. I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you since I was 17. It really was a dream for me. It was the perfect job. We played pranks on each other. We came in early, bought each other breakfast. We listened to Rob Zombie at eight o'clock in the morning and got in trouble by our manager. Halloween in the mall, dressed as I dream of Jeannie, in and out candy to kids and playing music, Madonna. Some of the greatest times and memories that I can think back working at that little record store, which of course is not there anymore. It's a pet store now. That's fine. Strengthened my love for music even more turned me on to even more genres of music that I didn't know about, you know, first getting into like ska music, you're hearing what's on the radio, but working in the store, going to the ska section, straightening it all out, finding all of these offbeat bands that nobody else has ever heard of and listening to those and sharing those with your friends. Just, it was great. Wouldn't trade it for anything. And that's what's so cool about the vinyl resurgence too, is the local record store, going to the local record store. I mean, spending time in there, you know, my wife doesn't get it. You know, when I'm with you, we're like in there probably all day and she's okay with it when you're down, but when she's, you're not down or whatever, I'm like, why are you spending so long in the record stores? You know, just doesn't understand. It's like therapy, you know, going through those aisles, looking at all, it's like, you're looking at all your old friends, you know what I mean? It's like there's my old buddy you know uh phil collins or you know there's the doors you know or whatever it is and you're just uh those influences and those you know things that you're turned on to at, at a record store is just so awesome and then all the other people that are listening to records because you're not the only one that can listen to records all day somebody else has got to play something it's kind of like you're you're in this thing at the dmv where you're you had to take your it probably doesn't take as long but you take your number and you're <laughs> who's next you know what i mean you're next okay who, what am i gonna you know you gotta pick out something really cool because you can't just pick out maybe something that you listen to because then you're gonna be judge by that so you want to pick something cool that you know kind of speaks to everyone or sometimes you'll throw something on there that'll just be like what i can't believe you played this and working at a record store is just like kind of you build those memories but you get to see those old friends and you know straighten up the stuff it's like you you turn yourself on to new music because you've listened to all this other stuff and you're like and what else can i listen to what else is new exactly you know the record store it was like this for me when i was a teenager working there the vinyl shop is like that for me now you know it's like a second home you're in there like you said with all your friends like you spend so much time when or when you spend so much time listening to music, you are bound to read about these bands and read about these artists and singers and you learn their history and why they broke up, why they got together. And it's funny, but like you feel in there in the store with them all, you feel like you're just a part of that. It's a weird feeling and some people get it, some people don't. And that's fine. I'm happy that I get it because it's just special. It's like a second home and 
you get to take your choices up to the counter and talk to the guy that owns the shop about what his favorite stuff is. Vinyl Days down here at the beach, I was looking for Norman Greenbaum. The owner of the shop found like a record store day version of it that he had and it was quite expensive. But he was like, do you want me to put it on the table for you so you can listen to some of it? Because, you know, not too many people know Norman Greenbaum outside of Spirit in the Sky. So I was like, sure, I'd love to hear it. He played it and it was amazing. I loved it. When I came up to the counter with my purchases, he was like, are you not feeling that that green bomb? I was like, no, I definitely want it. And he was so shocked <laughs> that I loved it as much as I did. He knocked $15 off the price and gave it to me at a discount because he also loved it so much and was so happy that somebody else connected with it. He gave me a good deal on it because it made him happy that I liked it. Yeah, you got to get to know your local record store guys. Um, I've been down to Vinyl Days and he is great. And he's yeah. actually from Richmond. He's uh, told me some stories about Richmond and being around in this area. You know, one of the record stores that I miss around here and, and you actually went and you've been to record stores around here with me, but Steady Sounds, they had the upstairs <laughs> with the dollar records. I mean, I was playing the Billy Joel concert record today from Moscow, Russia, and I got that for a dollar. That's like a double album. Right. Pristine condition. I mean, it's like they had the best ups the whole upstairs was a dollar and they had all the like four or five racks of just a dollar records and they nothing was wrong with them half the time they were like pristine yeah that was a cool that was a cool shot what a gem you know to find something like that for a buck and and you feel like you've really accomplished something too when you find something like that for such a good price you're like yes yes like my life is complete. <laughs> I always grab it and I'm looking around like I'm looking around at people like, you know, through my side eye and, and, and whatnot. And I'm like, Did, why did anybody notice this record? I hope they don't <laughs> notice it right now that I have it in my hands and they're going to want it if I accidentally sit it down. Like I'm so shocked that it's still in the record store. You know what I mean? Do you ever have that feeling when you're oh. in the record store? It's like, oh, I just found this gym. Nobody else has found this. Like this is just sitting here for me to buy today. Like what is up with that? Look, it was meant to be there that I had been searching and searching and searching for Tom Petty's first record you know I had to have American Girl and I had searched and searched and searched and dug and dug and dug and when I finally found it I held it over my head with both hands like John Cusack and say anything and was just like stood there and just breathed deep and just was so excited that I found this record like I said true accomplishment for what what did I pay for it like eight dollars <laughs> for one of the greatest albums ever yes yes I definitely get your feeling and you're like how in the world did the four people that just came through this aisle ahead of me not snap this record up I went to plan nine and I was out at plan nine and I was going through the racks and got to R and there was like the whole almost REM collection and it was just sitting there and I actually bought one that was a laser disc I didn't even realize it was it was a laser disc I had to end up taking it back but like almost the whole collection of REM and I'm like how is this still here like what is right. going on what is wrong with people <laughs> i mean it's rem like what is i mean goodness gracious like the whole collection i mean it was like the first couple and then like the you know two or three from the first five and then i think i already had green so it was some some stuff after green and i was just amazed that that was still sitting around yeah like how does that even happen and then automatic for the people was there too is that the one with not automatic for the people is that the one with the kind of cover with the road and everything on it's kind of gray yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure that was there for like i think that was a little bit expensive like 70 bucks or something 75 bucks but i had to get that one too and that's something you'll never see it's like you know in the 90s you don't see those records so you have to pick those up when you see them yeah 
I was just about to say that, you know, when the 90s rolled around, it, it, they were still around. They were still pressing them, but not as much. So a lot of the songs that were near and dear to your heart in the 90s, you know, it's hard to find an original press of something. So you got to snap it up and it is more expensive. But luckily they have been repressing them so you can at least get your hands on the good stuff like the cream or not the cranberries. Oh, my goodness. No offense to the cranberries, but definitely meant to say the breeders. Were you with me when I got that? I don't know. Either way, I was very stoked when I found it. I know one of the ones that you were looking for that, uh, you know, you looked for for a long time, and I think you, you finally found it, was Silent Lucidity. You were looking oh, for... Oh, yeah. You know, I was just thinking of that Empire by Queensryche. Good Lord, what a search that was. And it's funny because I ended up getting that from a, a guy that collected and, and sold vinyl out of his house. He was really knowledgeable or is really knowledgeable, just all around cool guy. He used to own a comic shop, just very cool guy. And he he finally found it. He knew I'd been on the hunt for it for like a year, year and a half, however long it was. And he finally found it. And he texted me. He was like, you're never going to believe what I'm holding in my hand right now. Drove down a dark road in the middle of the night to get this record and paid more for it than I'd paid for any other record and it was like the holy grail to me I don't I don't know too many people that would say the holy grail to them was uh Queensryche but you know what whatever so happy when I finally got my hands on that record unlike the feeling I had when we were walking out of that concert together <laughs> oh yeah then they didn't play it right <laughs> What the crap is that? How do you not play Silent Lucidity? We saw them in Hopewell, and they didn't play uh, Silent Lucidity. And Nicole was just, like, so distraught. Like, what in the world? Like, why couldn't they just play their one song? I mean, it's like... What in the world? So, you know, and I I don't take things like that very well. So, of course, I get very cranky and go storming out of the venue and see them walking out behind the venue. And you know what? They're not going to sing that song to me. Fine. I'll sing it to them. And we stood there and sang that song. And when it was over, stuck my phone in my pocket, got back in the car and went home. Yeah, we did stand out there with the rest of the people trying to get a peep at the band uh, leaving, singing Silent Lucidity. To the band that probably wasn't even there around. We don't know where they were, but we were just singing it through the air, I guess. But it was it was all principle. It was all principle. We wanted them to feel our pain. <laughs> exactly. Like ridiculous. Exactly. So what was your first concert or the first concert that you remember? I remember my first concert very well, other than, you know, little bands here and there local. My first major concert was Aerosmith and Four Non Blondes, the Get a Grip Tour of 1993. And I was in the seventh grade. My father took me. Aerosmith is another one of my dad's favorites. He really ingrained that, that band in me, you know, listening to them in the car. They always showed up on my dad's epic mixtapes that I haven't brought up yet, but definitely need to work in there somewhere because those tapes definitely made an impact on me. Aerosmith. So they came to Hampton Coliseum and my dad was like, hey, I think I'm going to take you to this show. And you know, my dad is very reserved, quiet, laid back, very chill, literally the coolest man on earth. Just admire my dad so, so, so much. So when he said, you want to go to this Aerosmith concert? I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, Four Non Blondes was really big back then. <laughs> With their one song. 
Oh yeah, they were um, Four Non Blondes. That was a great song that they had. Um, I think that yeah. was one of Michelle's uh, sister Jennifer's at her favorite. Oh, we yeah, we definitely lip synced that at least one time to the parents in the living room. Um, loved that song so much, and it does make me think of her a lot. But the show was great. Steven Tyler blew me away. Joe Perry, one of the greatest guitarists of all time. Excellent, excellent, excellent show. Um, first time I'd ever seen a t-shirt cost $30. Could not fathom why a t-shirt would be that expensive. My my tour t-shirt that my dad got me. And actually my first exposure to marijuana, I think, of course not by me or my father, but everybody around us did not know what it was. What in the heck is that smell? And of course my dad's like, oh my God. And even had to miss school the next day because of the ringing in my ears. Beautiful, beautiful concert ringing that you get in your ears um, that I actually love, which I'm sure sounds weird, but great show. Great, great show. I saw Aerosmith at the Richmond Coliseum. Uh, Skid Row opened up and it was um, their pump tour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was a good show. The the, uh, stage was basically like um, they had set up the stage like they were on top of buildings. So there was like this sign that they had put out there. And and so they were like on top of buildings and they were, you know, that was their stage presence. It was really cool. Really cool show. Awesome. I'm jealous of that. Yeah, that was that was a great show. Um, with Aerosmith. That's awesome. You never think when you go to see these shows, sometimes you're seeing a band that's, you know, not very well known yet. And you see them and you think that it's just going to be in passing and then they blow up or, you know, you go to a show thinking, oh, this, this will be okay. And it turns out to just be phenomenal. That's the fantastic thing about live music. Um, I'll tell you about a concert that I wasn't even at that I'm incredibly jealous of the same way I am with Skid Row and Aerosmith. One of my buddies at work, Adam, told me that he went to see Iron Maiden and it was, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to remember all three bands, but I know that it was Iron Maiden and Dio. And do you know how much he paid for his ticket? $10. Oh, oh my. $10. How do you pay $10? for Iron Maiden and Dio and I'm kicking myself now for not remembering that third band but it, the third band was an amazing metal band and $10 wow I was yeah. watching last night uh, the I Want My MTV documentary and um, Mara sat down with me my daughter and I was telling her we were watching this part about Madonna but before that they were showing Aerosmith and Run DMC Run DMC a lot oh, of yeah. people don't know um, brought Aerosmith back you know into the 80s from the 70s because of Walk This Way he didn't even mm-hmm. know the name of the song DMC didn't even know the name of the song. He just knew it was like track number four on Toys in the Attic. Play that song. They were talking about when they, on the video, when they basically, Steven Tyler broke through the wall. He said, you know, that broke through barriers for everybody. But when we, I was in sixth grade at the time, we lost our minds. We lost consciousness. (laughs) We talked about Run DMC and Walk This Way and Aerosmith. We didn't know what the heck was going on. You had rock (laughs) and you had rap all going at the same time. It's like, what is this? We lost our freaking mind. How awesome is it, A, that they ushered Aerosmith back into the 80s, like you said, you know, that opened the door for so many other blends, you know, of genres. Again, beasties. Exactly. I mean, that that rock and roll. And that at the time, you know, according to, you know, this documentary, MTV was getting a hard time because they weren't playing a lot of black artists. And for Run DMC, they liked the rock. And so they, you know, the first three of their songs, if you listen, and even in the videos, they have the guitar. And I don't know if they were doing that specifically to get on MTV or what, but if they did, it's genius, you know, but they liked the rap 
and the rock and to mix those two genres. I mean, we were like in sixth grade going, what in the what? We were wearing our Adidas with the fat laces and the Kangos and all that stuff. We love uh, the Run DMC. And just to you know hear Aerosmith and that whole blend together was just like it was we went to the stratosphere and I don't think we ever came back. We're still somewhere, you know, probably floating with the satellites <laughs> because of that that happening. Well, maybe one day the aliens, you know. They'll push us back down. They'll, they'll pick it back up. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I mean, it's epic. Epic. Definitely epic. And Aerosmith I mean, is a great band um on on vinyl, on wax. Um, if you can get a tape, if you can hear them on the radio, and then that whole resurgence and then having so many albums after that, seeing them in concert. Oh, man, if you get a chance, I wanted to go recently up to MGM Grand because they were doing that, you know, that whole thing of uh, Vegas, but they came to the MGM M- Grand um, in Maryland, but the tickets were just too much. And I was like, you know, I've seen them, but I really wanted to go see them again. Bummer. Yeah, I think I've seen them three times as well because dad's such a big fan. So every time he wanted to go, I would absolutely snap up the opportunity to go there. They put on quite a show. And even him getting older, like doing backflips off of ants and stuff like that. Like he's just, and he's crazy. I remember my cousin worked for Cellar Door and I asked her one time who the biggest uh, jerk she's ever worked with was and who the coolest person she's ever worked with was and who the weirdest person she's ever worked with was because she was actually a gopher. Like she would go pick the artists up at the airport and take them wherever they needed to go. If they needed to go to the grocery store, if they needed to go to the gym, whatever. So basically the coolest job ever on the planet ever. I I won't go over who she said was the biggest jerk. Don't want to say anything bad about anybody, but she said the coolest person she ever worked with was Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails, which who would have picked him (laughs) as being the coolest, nicest person. Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails, but the biggest weirdo she said she ever worked with was absolutely 100% Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. (laughs) She said he's definitely a wackadoo, but so cool and friendly at the same time. I love that story. Yeah, those, uh, those guys, Steven Tyler, and then also the Stones. I mean, you see those guys still touring and just as as young as can be. And they're not young. I mean, they're like, you know, 70s, no. 80s, and they're just still rocking and rolling. That's just like the best thing in the world to see those guys doing oh, yeah. flips and, and dancing around like, like Jagger. I mean, I was sitting there watching Mick Jagger when I went to see them in, in a concert and just thinking of all the people. You know, he influenced Michael Jackson. He influenced, um, you know, Motley Crue. If you look at their records, their records look like Rolling Stone records. And just a whole gambit of folks. And I just saw so many bands in the Stones. And and the same thing can be said for Aerosmith and listening to those. Because on this, you know, this I I Want My MTV documentary, Brett uh, Michaels from Poison was basically saying they were kind of emulating those videos, you know, from Run DMC and and Aerosmith and all the bands that were on there when they were getting their start. Yeah. And, you know, it just goes to show it keeps them young. You know, it gives them life. I mean, you've seen McCartney. Do you feel like he's as old as he is when you see him in concert? I mean, you know, gray hair, wrinkles on the skin, whatever. When they step up there to sing, you can't tell. Ozzy, when I went to see Black Sabbath and where did I go? Camden, New Jersey, a few years back. Ozzy shuffles out on the stage like Yoda. Like, (laughs) he's shuffling out there can barely walk you know the Aussie shuffle and we're like oh my gosh he's he's older he's <laughs> burnout what is this show gonna be like that first chord of that first song played he opened his mouth and it was like it was 1971 no time had passed he sounded perfect perfect 
Yeah, I mean, Paul McCartney, too, in, in concert, just such a great, you know, singer, such a great songwriter, and his storytelling. I mean, I don't want to give anything away from some of the stories that he tells, but he tells stories not just about the Beatles, but like Jimi Hendrix and others when you go to see his show, and you just really just get a snapshot of where he's been, and not only his time with the Beatles, but his time with Wings, and his time, you know, with his solo efforts, and it's just such an awesome thing to see those folks in concert. But that's just funny about how you're talking about they wrestle him up like Yoda, and then all of a sudden he's probably got the force and he's jumping around like never seen. Exactly. That's exactly what it was like. And his voice was just, he didn't sound old. He didn't sound burnout. He sounded fantastic. He sounded exactly the way I hoped he would. Man, that was a great show too. (laughs) Well, we've talked about a lot of purchases and we talked about record stores, some of the places that you go. So we we know some of that information um, already, but we can, we're going to dive into number six question here. What was your first music purchase? Was it vinyl? Was it tape? Was it CD? You know, you got stream, you got... So many ways to get music now. What was your first music purchase? So when we say purchase, we don't mean my own money paid for it, right? We just mean purchased for me. Remember going to the store and walking out with a bag in my hand? Because if that's the case, it was vinyl. It was a 45 and it was Ain't No Mountain High Enough, Diana Ross's version. (laughs) I was in love with that song. I also remember stopping by the record store on the way home from one of my piano lessons and my dad treating me to an album on cassette. It was Duran Duran, the wedding album with Come Undone and Ordinary World. What a great album that is. Definitely one of my favorites. CD, I'm not sure. Honestly, don't think I can remember my first CD. I think cassettes played such a huge part in my music collection when I was younger. You you mentioned that tempo. Do you remember the charming sound system that I had in that tempo with the cassette player that it would push the cassette up but wouldn't push it out? So all my cassettes had to have a little bit of uh, electrical tape on the end so it would push the tape up and you could just snatch it out with the electrical tape. People just do not realize the stuff that, you know, you go through sometimes with technology. I mean, stereos. I used to have a car that you'd have to turn the lights on for the stereo to work. You had to put (laughs) tape on your tape so it would work in the cassette player. I mean, people just don't realize. You used to have the Walkman CD players, and those things would would skip. You know, you're riding a bike, and those things are just skipping. It's like, you know, you're trying to carry your music with you. Right, and you couldn't stick it in your pocket. (laughs) It's not like it is now where you have everything on your phone, you know. Right. And Bluetooth and you, you tell the radio to connect to your phone and tell the radio to play something. You don't even have to touch a device to get the music to play. And I think back to that tempo with all those cassettes with the electrical tape on the side. And then you're trying not to have an accident and trying to find, you know, that tape like, oh man, did it fall on the floor? Is it underneath my feet? Did it go underneath the seat? Like, where's that one tape? I want to play that one tape right now. Oh no. Look, when I finally, um, I moved to, was it my next car or was it the tempo? I think it was my little escort. Um, I had a CD player in there and was driving to school one day and I had one of those visor CD holders that were like on your sun visor and I was trying desperately because even though I was in line to get into the parking lot almost to school I had to have the song that I wanted playing right that moment so I'm like reaching into the sun visor and it comes on velcroed and slid down in front of my face and I hit the person in front of me oh my goodness don't tell my dad oh my goodness (laughs) 
I mean, people were just thinking about the one little button you got to push on your phone, and we had all kinds of CD problems flowing out of the window or tapes underneath yep. the seat, just all kinds of oh, yeah. difficulty trying to get our music just in the player, not even playing. Right. All kinds of obstacles, but you know what? We made it happen. We made it happen. We definitely did. All right, well, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. We are back. I'm Johnny Bravo. You're going under the musical influence of today's guest, Nicole Watts, on Under the Influence with DJ Johnny Bravo. All right, Nicole, got to narrow it down. What is your favorite song? We might have to put an S at the end of that. You're going to have to. I am. I, I really, really, really tried. I tried for you, man. You know, your favorite song, we evolve as people, so sometimes our favorite songs, our favorite bands, they, they change. It's what resonates with you that moment. You're always going to have your favorites and your staples. I'm going to give you my staple, and I'm going to give you what resonates with me the most at the moment. My staple, of course, is I Am The Walrus by The Beatles. I feel like anybody that knows me knows how obsessed with The Beatles I am and knows how quirky I am, so of course I Am The Walrus is my favorite Beatles song. I'm staring at a license plate that I have nailed up on my wall that I used to have on my car that says I-M-D-W-L-R-S. I am the walrus. So that's my staple favorite song. Always going to love that song. But what resonates with me the most at the moment is a song by Metric called Now or Never Now. That song, I mean, emotionally, I've just been in the dirt. And if I listen to that song, it pulls me up. It just inspires me. It keeps me going. And Emily, Haynes is just such an inspiration to me. She's just one of my heroes. Love her. She's, you know, a little bit older than the the other girls in the industry, in the genre, but she is out there hopping around that stage, jumping around like an aerobics teacher. Just amazing. So I don't know if you know that song, but I highly recommend it. Just fantastic song. That whole album is good. That whole album is good, but particularly Now or Never Now, even tattooed it on myself because I love that mantra so much. Well, this is why you have buddies and this is why you have family members that uh, can love of music that can transfer those things back and forth. And I haven't heard that song. I did know, however, that at some point during this podcast, we were going to be talking about uh, the Beatles because I do know that the Beatles is one of your favorites. Oh, yeah. They're tattooed on me too. (laughs) Yeah, so I knew at some point we were going to be talking about the Beatles and you have even been to some of the places where the Beatles have stood. Correct. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I went to London um in 2004. Went to London um and got the honor of walking across Abbey Road, which won't lie, it was <laughs> like a pinnacle for me in my life. One of the most magical moments being able to walk across that road where those four guys walked across and just go to Abbey Road Studios and stand on the porch of Abbey Road Studios and walked into the front lobby area. You can't go in there because it's still an extra studio but you know just walk in there and know that those four guys two of them you know one of them was gone six months before I was even born but know that those legends walked through that door and I got to walk through that door just yeah definitely a, a really important 
memory to me. Well, I've never been to England as of yet, but I have been to a place of your mom's favorite, Sun Studios in Memphis, Tennessee. And that's where, you know, a lot of legends um, have played yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis, B.B. King, uh, Waylon Jennings, and your mom's favorite, Elvis Presley. And yep. just to see a sure 550 microphone sitting there in the, uh, you know, on a stand uh, in the studio of Sun Studios just made me think, man, the king was here. Mm-hmm. Started his career here at Sun Studios. So I could imagine being in London, going, you know, to Abbey Road Studios where the Beatles just did magic. I mean, magic. Oh, my goodness. And half the stuff they haven't even probably released that's still on tape underground mm-hmm. somewhere. Just magic. I mean, these guys really wrote songs like it was their job because it was every single day they were in the studio making magic and just to be able to stand there touch the instruments or the you know the equipment that they used just got to be awesome right it's like a buzz it's like a vibration (laughs) that you just feel like walking in there almost like you can feel their spirit still in there feel like I sound crazy but that truly is how I felt when I was in there like it was a buzz just on top of my skin knowing that those guys were in there and you know what an honor it is to be able to experience that because these guys like think of how many people these guys inspired and not just huge artists. I remember reading Kurt Cobain saying that he was inspired by the Beatles. Dave Grohl saying that Julia from the White Album is one of his favorite songs of all time. Look at that guy. That guy is a beast. That guy is fantastic. Inspired by the Beatles and getting to be in the same space that they were in. And I mean, I don't know. Have you seen that movie Yesterday? I have seen that uh, and yeah. a couple others by them and inspired by them. Right. Like, so just getting to, to walk on the same floor that these guys walked on it was definitely an experience and I don't think you're crazy at all I mean I know sometimes like it's 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 a you know sometimes you think it's like a weird smell or something in the wood of places that you can just feel you know the impact of the people or whatever were there like I said those guys just did magic Frank Sinatra has said that the Beatles wrote some of the best love songs and here's this is coming from a crooner that has been in the business for so many years and he was just talking about songs from the Beatles and how they wrote the greatest love song ever. Yeah, 100%. I mean, in a song for every mood, any mood that you're in, they've got something just in their arsenal. And again, with the the little ones, my daughter's telling me about her and her little friend at school singing Octopus's Garden together. And I'm like, good on you guys for knowing Octopus's Garden, being 12 years old, knowing Octopus's Garden, singing that song. And it it touches my heart too, because that was my mom's favorite Beatles song. With my mom being gone, knowing that Ayla loves that song, like really in my head makes me feel that's her little bit of a tie together between those two. So they just span all of these decades and age groups and my dad, Paul's dad, you know, that's a way that I've been able to connect with his dad because he's obsessed with the Beatles and hey, have you heard this song? Did you hear this version of this song? You know, and being able to sit outside on a picnic table on vacation in West Virginia and like listening to these songs together and talking about, you know, did you read this book? Have you ever heard of this book before? Here's this guy, you know, my dad's age, but I'm able to to talk to him and be friends with him because of the Beatles, because we connect. I mean, Paul too. You too, Paul. Paul too. But <laughs> the Beatles, you know, it's amazing how it can connect people of all ages and 
you know, types of people. There's a deleted scene from the um, Pulp Fiction movie where Mia Wallace is talking about there's two different people in the world. One is Beatles people and the other one is Elvis people. I'm an Elvis person. My wife's a Beatles person. I know you're a Beatles person. Your Mm -hmm. mom was probably maybe half and half, but I know she was probably leaning more towards Elvis. Elvis, yeah, for sure. And when you get this chance to see where your idols and where these folks that you just, you know, have a, a fond appreciation for and, you know, Elvis had that swagger and the Beatles just had this, you know, this magic. I mean, it's just, I I can't say anything more about it because you listen to all these songs and it's like, they, you know, you just don't understand how they just put these things together and they're just putting words together. And some of the songs are just reading the newspaper or they listen to the TV and got news and they're making songs and it's like, I'm, you know, or, I mean, all these songs that the Beatles had, their, their whole catalog and, and the Elvis too. It's just an amazing thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything they touched was gold. And thank goodness for it. Because I can't even imagine, like I said earlier, what I would be like if I didn't have the Beatles every day. I don't even want to imagine. And to be able to share that, you know, with your mom, with your with your dad, with your with your boyfriend, with your boyfriend's dad. Um, the records that I was telling you about, you know, you got me inspired into vinyl, but a big inspiration to get me back into vinyl was I already had some records from when my uncle passed away, my uncle Jerry, and he had um Beatles, and so half of my Beatles records that I have in my collection are from him. And one of the first ones, Meet the Beatles. I'm not sure if it's his wife records or his records but he wrote like john and everybody's birthday well actually he didn't do john's but he did everybody else's everybody else's birthday so i guess john wasn't his favorite beetle but he wrote like what songs they sang on the album and everything is just a major major impact of the beatles in this part of america but also on the other side of the ocean as well but that whole british invasion and then how it took over and took over just young kids lives at that time and it's still having that impact through generation of musical influence um, from your mom to your dad to now your daughter and um, talking to, you know, your boyfriend and his dad. You know, I remember in my bedroom as a kid, my dad had a lot of stuff like stored in my closet in my bedroom. And I went in there one day to get something out of my closet. I didn't go in there often. I went in there to get something out of my closet one day and I saw this big stack of vinyl records up on a shelf, my dad's records from high school, and I got them out. It was just a treasure to be able to go through these records and listen to these artists. You know, I'd heard them on the radio here and there. Of course, my dad had played them for me, of course. But to really be able to dive deep, put these vinyl records on my record player and just listen to them for hours and hours and hours and just learn and learn and learn and connect and connect. That's also very vivid in my memory, laying across my bed and listening to those Red Album. I know those aren't like their greatest hits album, but the Red Album in the Blue Album, and just being amazed, hearing I Am the Walrus for the first time, hearing those songs, getting inspired to write poetry, getting inspired to do some drawing or or whatever, just by hearing those songs. And I mean, look how old they already were. My generation, my daughter's generation, they're doing the same thing. They're doing it in a different way. They're not breaking the vinyl records out of the closet. I mean, our kids are because we still love vinyl, but they're still stumbling across these greatest hits album or whatever. Oh my gosh. 
this octopus's garden song this is great bring it up to a friend now the kids are singing the beatles on the bus it's a beautiful thing beautiful thing you don't uh, feel bad or anybody out there feel bad for getting a greatest hits record that is the best thing to do oh. when you um can get into a new band is to get a greatest hits record and put that on and listen to it because then you're listening to all the great songs at once you do want to go and you do want to do a deep dive into those other albums because there's just other gems on there as well i mean it's kind of like if you listen to queen and you're just listening to the greatest hits you're not getting a taste for queen because queen oh my goodness if you listen to their albums it's just so it's just a vast array and what is this music what is this thing that they're creating because it's not just all these hits all the time and what you're hearing on the radio but to listen to the vinyl it's just so much deeper than that and the beatles can offer that and and a lot of uh, albums can um, or an artist can author that so do a deep dive start with the greatest hits but then do or start doing a deep dive with the albums and listening to those because you'll definitely hear some things that you would never have thought you would hear and you want to hear that magic from the Beatles you just have to absolutely question number eight is what is your favorite band or we'll add an S to it for you <laughs> or artist or you know group or we'll add an S to those too well, obviously, we've talked at length about the Beatles. So there's the epic legends that I feel like float so high that it's like, of course, you know, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people have, okay, I'm a Rolling Stones person. I'm a Led Zeppelin person. I'm a Floyd person. I'm a Beatles person. You know, they have those epic like legends. Mine definitely is the Beatles, but I, I really, you know, I really like nineties alternative. I really like more modern alternative too. the strokes. Definitely one of my, favorites Weezer definitely one of my favorites I'm a huge Jimmy girl the list goes on and on I'll claim the Beatles as my favorite because they're the epic legends man we wouldn't have enough time for me to talk about all my favorites I don't think definitely got into the Beatles because of uh, you and my wife and also got into the strokes and Weezer because you were a big Weezer fan back Uh in the day because of you You're welcome. Exactly. I mean, I have, uh, you know, probably four or five Weezer albums in my collection. And just one of my songs right now that I really love listening to is off their latest album, which I haven't picked up yet. I don't know what's wrong with me. All my favorite songs are are slow and sad. That's like one of like one of my go to songs right now. And you know what I love about Weezer is they do experiment. They do different things, but they still have that just like solid. When you hear it on the radio, you know, it's them. Not to mention tip my hat to Rivers. Cuomo for saying, you know what? Music might not last forever. Let me go to Harvard and get a law degree. I mean, why not? You know, (laughs) gotta have respect for the guy for that. Those guys are fantastic. I can always play their songs. And again, they make me feel good. They make me remember being 16 and going to see them in concert and going backstage, you know, and finding out that they weren't holding a backstage. Only the headliners, no doubt, were holding a backstage. And I was so disappointed. And I'm standing in line to get my autographs from No Doubt. And the door opened behind me and I hear a guy say excuse me you know really polite excuse me and I turn around and it's Rivers Cuomo and Brian Bell trying to get back to their little backstage room and I was just like oh my god 
I'll never forget it. Well, and their Teal album, I mean, of those 80s and some, you know, 70s hits that they redid, uh, that's just a great record, too. I love it. I love it. I I know a lot of people are a little cranky about some of their remakes because, you know, they are a little poppy sounding and real happy sounding. I think that they've done a great job with their covers that they've done. And I don't care who knows it. I like their version of Inner Sandman. They did a a cover version of Africa and No Scrubs by TLC. I mean, come on. (laughs) Right. Yeah, everybody wants to rule the world. Yep. So I really like the Africa, and I really like the Aha Take on Me, and I also oh. like the Blue Sky. Mm-hmm. They're versions of that. Mm-hmm. You talked about Duran Duran earlier, and I uh, somehow missed it. Thinking, I, you know, I watched a, a classic albums about Duran Duran, and a lot of people don't give Duran Duran credit because they are just a well put together band. I mean, they play well, they sing well, and so I think people that are out there need to look at discovering or rediscovering Duran Duran. Absolutely. No, they're another one of my favorites. My childhood would not be the same without that band. And the tape that you that you spoke about, the wedding album, that is such a great tape as well. Um, one of my favorites was Seven and the Ragged Tiger. I remember having my first Walkman. I had uh, Seven and the Ragged Tiger on cassette and just walking through the park um, here in my local town and listening to Seven and the Ragged Tiger. I thought I thought I was it. <laughs> You probably were. You're cool, Johnny. You're cool. Yeah, and uh, I used to play house with a girl, and she always wanted me to play Simon LeBon. She loved uh, the Duran <laughs> Duran and wanted me to play Simon LeBon. And for those people that don't know where Duran Duran got their name from, they got their name from Barbarella. The movie Duran Duran was one of the titles of the folks that were in there. Yes, 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 yes. I love Simon LeBon too. Are you ready? Yes, I'm are, ready. We are at the finale. How has music impacted your life? In every way possible. In every way possible. Music is my best friend. Music has been there, like I said, whether I'm down in the dirt, crying in my pillow, high on life, feeling lonely, feeling joyous, feeling scared, doesn't matter. Music is always there. It's always there. It's a support system for me. If you're out there, you have to have a friend like Nicole who's going to turn you on to new music and folks that you've never heard from, you know, push this on you or push that on you and you need to take it and you need to listen to it. Yeah. Because you just never know. You just never know. And look, even people that are obsessed like me, we're always looking for new stuff or I I connect with people via music. Like one of my favorite things to do if my best friend, you know, isn't in the room with me or Paul's not in the room with me, you know, whatever it may be. Hey, text them. Will you listen to this song with me and listen to that song at the same time? I did it with one of my buddies that's in the Navy. He was stationed in Italy and I woke up one morning about the time he was getting ready to simmer down for the night, listen to a song with me. And I, what did I ask to listen to? Uh, Atmosphere by Joy Division. Fabulous song. And he had never heard it before. And we listened to it at the same time, all those miles away and just connected. All those miles away felt like he was there with me just because we were listening to that song at the same time. Yeah, because of vinyl, I've really gotten into the cars, which I was into, you know, but not as big as I am now because of vinyl. Yep. 
Love, and, I love Mr. Okasik. Yeah, you have to love Okasik because he had a big deal with, with getting uh, Weezer started. Mm-hmm. And another one is Amy Winehouse. My daughter's got me into Amy Winehouse. Ayla, she turned me on to a song that she heard on TikTok. And I'll be honest, you know, I'm not a huge top 40 type person, but she heard the song on TikTok one day. I was like, Mom, listen to this song. This song, every time I listen to it now, just shakes my heart. It just makes me think of like driving in the car with Ayla, windows down, listening to the song turned up that's in my brain forever and speaking of Ayla and you have to tell her that because of her and because of vinyl I've been getting into ACDC a lot which (laughs) ACDC wasn't really one of my faves to believe it or not see you just never know who's going to give you that next suggestion for your next new favorite artist favorite song favorite album whatever take those recommendations from whoever wants to give them one of my favorite stories about uh, Ayla who's my goddaughter is we went to a concert with the me and uh, Ayla and Nicole went to go see Farner. Oh, yeah. And she loved Farner. We had regular seats, and we went down just to go because she wanted to go see near the stage, and I didn't think we would even get near the stage. And because she's so cute and who she is, they just let her in the stage, and then the lady told us to come back before the um, end of the show, and we could hang out, you know, kind of in the pits. And we were like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And so we go down there. They come and get us, and we went down there, and we were in the pits. Yep. Got to watch it right up front. Got to hear, I want to know what love is. I know that was one of them. And like the local um, junior high chorus was singing with them on stage, which that was fantastic. Got guitar picks. Ayla got her picture taken with the set list. Like we got real VIP treatment. And I always go to shows and I'm always like, I've already spent all this money trying to get down to where I'm at to see the show because Richmond, you know, sucks for having shows. Um, So I have to go down to Virginia Beach or I have to go up to, you know, uh, Northern Virginia or you know Washington DC or Maryland my daughter and I just went to Boston to go see 21 pilots so I drove down to the beach and sitting there contemplating the shirt Nicole's like just get the damn shirt so she bought me the shirt I wear that (laughs) shirt and take pictures on Instagram with every now and again with it and it's cold as ice and it has cold as ice basically you know since 1978 and it's like a beer cap and it's like the coolest shirt people always comment and always say I got that shirt because Nicole (laughs) good see make that money over again you know but that shirt you got that shirt it's a memory like well 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 worth the money i always try to buy a t-shirt they're getting pretty expensive these days but i always try to buy a t-shirt at every show i go to because it's just a little piece of your personal history you know remembering those shows that you went to yeah and if you uh, are like me and you're cheap or and they're not really cheap but it's like you pay a lot of money for these things and you don't get the shirt go on ebay You know, you can get some of these shirts. I've gotten shirts from uh, shows that I've been to in the past. You kind of really have to do your research, though, because you could get a shirt that is, you know, um, a fake. It could be like a remade shirt, not an original. So just be careful uh, when you do that. But thank uh, Nicole for buying me that shirt. And that is just such a great uh, memory of, of Ayla and going to that show. I mean, I don't know how old she was at this point, but it was just awesome to see her. I mean, her whole self like just lit up yeah she really did I th- that was a few years ago so she was probably what like nine maybe something eight, like eight, that nine years old something like that maybe 10 but yeah she she definitely lit up i i have some videos of her just rocking back and forth singing i want to know what love is <laughs> like so adorable but 
and she remembers it. She can tell you every detail about that show because, you know, we decided to go down there and say, hey, would you mind if, would you mind taking her down there so she can see the stage? She's never been this close before. And good on those people at the amphitheater, too, for saying, sure, and bringing her in and taking her down there and giving her that experience because it definitely made a difference to her. Those ladies on the event staff and the staff down there, they were so sweet to my daughter, so sweet to my daughter. Yeah, they definitely uh, took care of us, and I just thought that was really cool. You know, it wasn't something they just said and then they didn't do. We actually went down there, had the experience. It was such a great time seeing the end of the show in the pits. Yeah, that's another one of those, you know, the vibrations on my skin, the buzz of being that close to something so big and a band that's so well known and these songs that just make such a huge difference in in people's lives. Yeah, definitely a buzz. Well, I do appreciate you being here. Did you want to add anything before we say goodbye today? I'm going to tell you how proud of myself I am because I'm so glad that you mentioned to everybody that I got you back into vinyl. Like, that's a proud moment for me. I mean, you are the reason why I got back into vinyl. And I have probably over uh, 1,140 records right now. Yeah, that, Johnny, that just makes me so happy. That just makes my soul happy. And that was like 2016, I think, is when I started going, you know, back and getting vinyl. It's it's been fun. Um, I don't know if my wife would call it that, but it's been fun (laughs) for me. (laughs) Look, I stood in line for Marcy Playground for her too, so she's got a couple. She's got a couple albums in there. Yeah, she has her, you know, her, her Beatles and uh, her Pink Floyd and her Billy Joel. It's always a number scheme of who has the most. I think uh, we have the most Pink Floyd right now. Actually, The Doors is getting up there a little bit, too. Other one. Yeah, you can't go wrong with any of those. And then we have, uh, you know, songs. Uh, we have a vinyl for my son. He likes Imagine Dragons. So we have, like, all the Imagine Dragons. Not the very new one. And my daughter likes 21 Pilots. She likes the Beatles and she likes David Bowie. So we got a bunch of different things for her to listen to you know as well so it's a it's a good hobby it's a good hobby to get into and it's fun to go to the record store and to look at records and to spend time with those that you love and nicole when she comes down or i go down there we always have to hit the record store up if we're spending time together because we want to go just even just to see what they have or talk about music for five or ten minutes probably longer oh yeah Absolutely. Or finding a hard to find record that's missing out of your cousin's collection, buying it and immediately getting in your car and driving two and a half hours or two hours, however long it took just to secretly sneak into your cousin's house and play it on his record player without him knowing. Yes, you uh, bought her Marcy Playground and you bought me the Van Halen album for Unlawful Connor Knowledge from Larry, who was the uh, guy that we we used to buy records from out of his house. And he always had some great albums. A lot of them, you know, might have been from overseas or wherever, but they were usually all original. And you Mm -hmm. had to really get to know Larry before he let you into, you know, kind of the, the castle or not the castle, but whatever, you know, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. It might as well have been. He, he's a great guy. Like that, he has a good heart. He would always try to find what you were looking for. And I bought that Van Halen album from him. And I was like, I think I'm going to drive to Richmond and give this to Johnny right now. <laughs> And you did. And it was such a great day. And the same thing with Marcy Playground. That was a record store day purchase that you got uh, from down there because we missed it up here. And I don't know if you've ever been on a record store day, but when you miss one of those record store day, it's like you feel like, oh, man, I didn't do anything. Even if you've got 12, you didn't get that one you really wanted. So that's always like a bummer. It's like, man. Yeah. And shout out to Birdland Records. 
my uh, home base record store. Been going to see those guys every single one of these. Ain't No Mountain High Enough, the Duran Duran album, like all of my Beatles t-shirts, Tom Petty, all of that great stuff came from those guys at that shop. Grew up with those guys. And shout out to them for actually having that Marcy Playground album. Yeah, they've come into the clutch on a couple of you know record store day purchases for me at uh, Birdland for having them. And and uh, my wife has lined up at Birdland over the last couple of record store days to get some of those record store day purchases. Right. Yep. Also, the Breeders. Look, those guys always come through for me. That's good, too. And another record that I wanted to get was a couple of record store days ago was The Police, the live album. I got one. Michelle was down at Birdland. She had her hand on the other one and somebody snatched it from her. We weren't able to get it but I called up to a record store, um, Bull Moose, which is like way up north. One of the cousins actually lives in the town that I called. They held the record for me and she picked it up and mailed it to me. I sent them a nice thank you, you know, postcard for holding that and doing that for me because it's like they've come in the clutch a couple of times for me too for Record Store Day. So I just really appreciate when you can get those Record Store Day purchases, any purchase for that matter. But Nicole will just drive it up to you. So that's that's <laughs> even better. You get it hand-delivered. Look, it's important. You need to have it right then. And believe me, I was probably way more excited about it than you could ever be. Like, I was just so happy that I finally found it for you. Of course, it was worth the drive up to Richmond to give it to you. This is the, the kind of corroboree that you share with, uh, you know, people that are have those musical influences. And sometimes you can't describe it. Hopefully, you know, over the last hour, we've been able to describe why we love this thing called music. Right. Thanks for going under the musical influence of today's guest, Nicole Watts, on Under the Influence with DJ Johnny Bravo. Go under the influence on Instagram at DJ Johnny Bravo. That's DJ J O N N I B R A V O underscore under the influence. Please subscribe to Under the Influence with DJ Johnny Bravo, where you listen to your podcast. I'm Johnny Bravo. I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Until next week.